University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and my guest is texting right now. Unbelievable. We do this about twice a week, and we chew on God's Word. Uh, I'd say in real time. I mean, we're recording this real time, but you'll hear it, you know, ages down the road. Um, hopefully to encourage you, though, our, our desire is that the things that we're chewing on and meditating on and being encouraged by in God's Word will then encourage you. So this week we have... Who do we have? Jarrell Carper. Jarrell Carper with us. Hello, Jarrell. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. You're welcome. He looks around his office. We're the <laughs> only ones in here. There are some figurines. <laughs> There's a cross stitch of Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah, shout out to Rachel's cross stitch skills. And some type of weird knight and damsel type of, yeah. I don't know what that is, Chris. Yeah. Fairy tale-esque yeah. painting. Um. Jarrell, you are one of the pastors here, Mm -hmm. which is how you've told me to describe you. Yeah. It's easier that way. Uh You do a variety of things. Yes. And And non-pastoral things. And non-pastoral. The janitor or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor janitor. Sometimes I'll spill things in my office just to tell you to come in and clean it up. (laughs) I go put my overalls on. (laughs) Oops. I spilled a coffee again. Third one this morning. Can you change my uh, website to say Pastor Chimney Sweep or something like that? Yes. Chris, we got to talk about First Peter. So we are in First Peter. You've been walking us through that in this series, and we finished up chapter one last time. Just yeah. an exciting moment. Uh, yeah, and we talked. Actually, we started chapter two last time, so this is part six. Okay. Uh, last week, um, we talked about craving uh, the word and. Uh, spiritual nourishment. Yeah, it's part of kind of like six exhortations that Peter's giving them. Uh, the we talked about the first four two weeks two times ago uh, to have hope, to be holy, to fear God, to love one another. Um, the fifth one was to crave the spiritual nourishment that you need. And um, this today we're going to be talking about building a spiritual house, or kind of passively being allowing yourself to be built into a spiritual house. Mm-hmm. So it's a big chunk of text. We're not going to do it justice. You could preach a couple sermons on this or yeah. write a couple exegetical papers. And we're going to, we're going to do this in a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out theology boys. Uh, yeah. So I want to start, um, you know, uh, Peter starts in verse four, as you come to him, Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, um, a chosen and uh, in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, and he, and he goes on and he starts to give a particular names and identity to these people. Now he's going to use language that draws us back to the story of Israel and the Hebrew Bible. But I, I wanted to just start as start kind of at the practical level for us is, you know, for lit, for you listener, you Chris or me, like how do you identify yourself in relationship to God and in relationship to God's people. And there's different words that we use. I mean, I think the number one is just Christian. And we see that appear in the, like halfway through the book of Acts, little Christs, you mm-hmm. know? And so um, there's also saved. Um, are you saved? I'm saved. Are you saved? Are you born again? Are you a believer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounds like a, like a youth group YouTube channel or something. You might say <laughs> follower of Jesus, or are you in Christ? Are you a saint? And so we have these words to describe what we are. And maybe I think the most common is we just say Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but each of those are pointing to different metaphors or different aspects of what it means to be in the particular unique relationship we have with God. 
Um, so to say born again is talking about new life, like mm-hmm. new bor- new birth. To say believer, it's, t- it's talking about, that's the word faith. It's talking about what you're exercising to trust and um, have your faith in Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, I mean, that's the language I used to talk about. Disciple is a follower of it's about your way of life and um, how you're mirroring the, what Jesus would do or say or, or think. Um, but then not just individually, but corporately, right? So we say church, body of Christ, church family, and there's a whole host of metaphors. And so this is stuff that like, if you, if you didn't grow up in the church, it would sound really foreign. You're like, oh, the body of Christ, like, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but we've just been in these settings for so long. So even like church, mm-hmm. uh, that word is, is calling up, particular images or family of God, or um, we're going to get to a couple today. And so the one, some of the ones we're going to be talking about today is identifying marks of that orient ourselves around what it means to relate to God the way that we do. Um, they're ones that we don't typically use in our just general Christianese, mm-hmm. but for Peter, they're really important. And I think they help calibrate us is because sometimes those words just kind of lose their meaning. And we all just kind of, we just ambiguously point like, I'm a Christian. I go to church, yeah, you know, and it just kind of mushes itself down. And so I think when we introduce biblical words that have new meaning or, you know, the same meaning, but aren't they're, they're ones that we don't normally use. Yeah. It can kind of add a little, it sharpens the edge of our identity and, and how we should think about ourselves. So Great. that was the long introduction. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, so, what, what so yeah. With? So Peter starts, um, uh, we're going to kind of breeze through this, but he identifies Jesus as a living stone. He says, you yourselves like living stones are being built um, as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ for as it stands in scripture. And he's, and then he goes on and quotes um, three texts from the Hebrew Bible, Isaiah 28, 16, Psalm 118, 22, and Isaiah 8, 14. And there he's kind of proving this point. Um that some people have rejected Jesus as a stone. So that image um, he's drawing from um, uh, Isaiah 28, 16, where basically Israel has in Zion a stone, a sense of a sign of God's promise to rule. They've rejected that. And so um, like that stone that Israel has rejected, Jesus is a stone that, that Israel has rejected. Um, and he's tying that image into Jesus. Um, in Psalm 118, uh, Jesus isn't just a rejected stone, but he's he's the cornerstone. So he's the first one that's set down that determines the angles and the shape of the building. And then Isaiah 8, 14 um, is talking about the judgment of those who do reject God, that he's become a stumbling block, a rock of offense. So there's a bunch of people that have taken the stone that is Jesus um, and rejected him in the same way that Israel has rejected God's intervention in their lives. That stone, instead of being a source of salvation, has now become a stumbling block. And so Jesus is saying, like living stones, he's connecting this to our desire for spiritual nourishment. You've been given um, a new identity and that you are actually now being built into um, a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices. And so there's just this cool image of Jesus as the, the uh, cornerstone. Now, not to be confused with the capstone. Capstone is the last one that mm-hmm. holds it together. The cornerstone is the first one that determines its mm-hmm. angles and, you know, dimensions and stuff. Keeps it square and all yeah, that. Yeah, you're like, don't, don't mess up the first yeah. one. <laughs> and so there's a sense of being, um, you know, built into a spiritual house, like a, a temple of sorts. 
um, that were dependent on one another, that were all in alignment with with Christ as this original stone, in a sense. So cool image for the church. Um, we could stay. We could stay there for a while. Um, or, yeah, so, any, well, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so does this mean that there's a whole bunch of houses? Like, can I pick which which oh, lows I want to be sold at or? Jerry's. You want to support local. Jerry's. Yeah, sorry, Jerry's. Which Jerry's I want to get sold at? Or Springfield. Or yeah. <laughs> shout out to my boys at Springfield hey. Jerry's. <laughs> um, or is this clearly stating there is one building, one spiritual building that we are all a part of? I feel like you're answering your own question. I am answering my own question. <laughs> what do you question. think, Chris? <laughs> what do I think? Well, let me tell you what I think now that I've thrown myself a softball. No, I, I do appreciate the, the, the language around this. Um, you know, Israel had their temple. They had the second temple, um, but they had their place of communion with God. Now we as the body of believers are that body. See, I did it. Yeah. I used it. Now you're coaching. all going to be ah! conscious of how you talk. <laughs> Same with busy. You've ruined me on busy. Um, but this is saying, hey, you've got one bot, one building. And you are all making up the pieces of that building in which Christ is a cornerstone. So there's not like a pick and choose, similar to like family. I think we've talked about in the past of um, you don't get to pick your family. Yeah. You don't get to just dip out because you had a bad run in with a family member or someone was a grump that day. And you say, I'm out. I don't want to be an arch stone anymore. I'm dipping. I'm going to try this other building <laughs> you yeah. know, two blocks down. <laughs> but rather we have like, like God has a purpose that we are all very specifically positioned to support each other in the purpose of um, offering ourselves up as living sacrifices to God. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. A, a global, huge historical movement that connects everyone together would mm-hmm. be the picture. And obviously there's local expressions of that and for practical reasons. Like, um, I don't have everyone else's phone number to text. <laughs> <laughs> But if and you they did. don't know English. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think for sure when, you know, we're going to move into verse nine to 10, which is giving us four more pictures and they're all, they're all, they're not individual pictures. They're all like plural, they're corporate. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think in an age where we can, it's really easy to critique the institution of the church and on from so many angles right now um it's you could you could tear apart the local church mm-hmm. if you wanted to at an institutional level at a leadership level at its his, past failures its current failures whatever angle you want to take um and i think part of the beauty of these images that peter's giving us is is a rebuke against how easily we do that and to view this organization with all of its metaphors and images and that sometimes it's difficult to understand this community of people as God's plan, as part of God's beautiful um, revelation of himself in the world and and an awesome thing. And so don't don't bash the church so much, <laughs> see the beauty of it. And I mean, I would always argue to work work to be a church and a contributor to the church that that creates a church that is faithful to the images that were given. Well, and we're, we're faced with uh, the common idea of um, love that Jesus guy, hate his church. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> love Jesus, hate the church. Yeah. And it's like, that's- I love you, Chris. I hate your wife. <laughs> yeah. That's just not a biblical or sustainable idea. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things wrong with that, and we've we've talked about individualism, and I think mm-hmm. that is that is just a key. I actually thought about that the other day. I was like, oh, I didn't even talk about that at our men's breakfast, but that'd have been good. So, so Peter moves into four more images of what he's encouraging these new believers in, and they're all tied to the story of Israel. They're all corporate, um, and I think it invites us to think to rethink how our identity is connected to our actions. That. Um, we talk a lot about what should the church do and what should the church be when it gathers, when it exists in the environment around it, the city or the community, um, or to what extent it should speak into the public spaces of the world um, that we we often think first about what we should do. And I think that is driven by what, who we are and what we, you know, our identity that we're given in scripture. So to start there, Paul or dang it. Peter, (laughs) they would both. Peter says we are four things, a chosen race, cool, a royal priesthood, sweet, a holy nation, sign me up, (laughs) people for his or God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So it's like really cool and encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, man, you've been called out of darkness. You may proclaim the excellencies. You're someone for his own possession. Um, you have mercy. And it kind of in contrast to those who have rejected Christ, we have been given this new corporate identity that ties us into the story of Israel that has profound meaning, not on just who we are, but what we do. Mm-hmm. So of those four, I just want to highlight one for the sake of time. And it's boom, boom. Royal priesthood. (laughs) (laughs) That was quite Um, the drum roll. (laughs) That was an amazing drum roll. Um, So uh, we've, we talk a lot about royal priesthood around here. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a, a certain staff person in our office whose name rhymes with on Unkin, (laughs) um, who has actually written this sweet little uh, pamphlet book. Have you, has he given that to you? I have a copy Mm -hmm. of it. Yep. And I, it's great. I love it. It's fantastic. I haven't read it. You can do it, Chris. It's you can do it. So Royal, um uh yeah, I don't know if those are just floating around to the general UFC public. I'm sure Sean would give any of you listeners a copy if you mm-hmm. want to read it. So uh, this idea of being a royal priesthood is just two two big umbrella uh thoughts. The first is royalty, which is a king. So um governing and ruling as God's people or God governing and ruling. Like uh, we don't have we don't live in a monarchy, but <laughs> The idea of ruling and reigning and 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 governing the the situation at hand. A uh, priest is the representative between God and humankind. Um, you're representing God to the people or the people to God. So the the priests uh, Levitical system, like the what they wore was um, brilliant and inviting or like inviting imagery of the garden, um, which we could talk about as a <laughs> temple, um, and and also the people to God in the sacrifice in the sacrificial system. So. A lot of times those roles stayed separate. There would be a king and there would be a priest. But sometimes in key figures, those roles seem to blur and overlap and the language used, it's like we're talking about a king, but what's happening is a priestly thing and we're talking about a priest and what's happening is a kingly thing. Mm-hmm. And some of those key figures that overlap are the big, the heavy hitters, Adam, Abraham, Moses, David, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> humanity. And so uh, if we look back to Adam, um, part of the mandate given to him as someone made in God's image uh, was to was to rule in the garden, which is your king mm-hmm. metaphor, 
But then those words to work and to keep it are actually um, used primarily about about the priest. Hmm. Um, and so if you view Adam as being in a cosmic temple and you view him as ruling and reigning as, an, as the image of God, you see Adam as kind of the first priest, humanity mm-hmm. as part of what it means to image God corporately is to be those who rule and reign on, on behalf of God and then right. also... Um, fulfill the priestly duties. So you see that traced throughout Abraham, Moses, and David. And um, Sean's book does a really good job of tracing that. So we get to Jesus and you see these come out where he's anointed at baptism. He's doing the priestly things like cleansing and healing and forgiving sins, um, which is really pisses people off. <laughs> yeah. They're not a big fan of that. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, if you really want to like heal the guy that came down through the roof on like a hoverboard, mm-hmm. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But don't go saying you can forgive sins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or boy, sure wish you didn't heal those guys because now this crowd is here and mm-hmm. as much as we'd like to stone you here, we probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, zip, I will fly through you. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, as, as King, I mean, there's a lot of King imagery all throughout, but I, I was just working on the stations of the cross or the way of the cross. And, um, try, one of the themes that I wanted to draw through that booklet that we made mm-hmm. that we made late on Thursday, <laughs> <laughs> the Thursday, bef- like a couple weeks before good Friday, not, uh, yeah. not the Thursday, right before Certainly good Friday. Not um, yeah. Hours. Just connecting Jesus, uh, viewing Jesus as the suffering King, that there's this paradox. He's wearing a crown. He's lifted up. All, all of this royal imagery that's somehow encased that he's ruling through suffering, which is a new way to rule, mm-hmm. um, not with the sword, but through sacrifice. And so um, so for us, as those who are trying to image like the true humanity that Adam was supposed to be, and then Christ, who is, is the image of God and is the new Adam and the perfect representation of humanity, um, the part of what it means, like one of the ways that we should think about ourselves as Christians or saved or whatever is as royal priests, mm-hmm. that part of what it means to faithfully follow Jesus. And so like I'm choosing a metaphor, like is to, is to rule and reign um, as God's kingdom comes on earth and to um, intercede in prayer and forgiveness and all of those, those priestly duties. And so um, there's like, that leads to some big, uh, questions um, of the church. And I think one of the cool things that I considered was just how this would equalize the social structures of that time period that um, you could be very low class. And now that you're in Christ, you are part of a royal priesthood, which are titles that you never could have had in society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really cool part of the good news. So um there's my really quick download on on the chapter, but I I hope I was encouraged. I hope it's encouraging that um, it'd be cool. Like, what if we what if we use that language a little bit more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, good morning, University Fellowship Royal Priests. <laughs> <laughs> we get weird looks. Yeah. Well, I I think you're right, though. I think it is important, and I think all of our analogies, you know, that we get from Scripture certainly point to specific aspects, and those aren't pick and choose, they all apply. And so royal priesthood, just like believers, just like followers, just like disciples, we should be really thoughtful about and intentional thinking through, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my daily, my accounting job or me as a parent or me as this, you know, student at home with my parents? Like, what does it mean to be a royal priest? Um, Priestess? 
priest yeah. or a priestess? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, Pre-schwa. Pre-schwa. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to do that and to operate in those roles now? Yeah. And that, so that question, which we don't have time for, and I'm probably not qualified, <laughs> but <laughs> though, if you really press that question, both the royal side and the priest side, I think it would lead our general Christian population to challenging places. Mm-hmm. Some places where we disagree mm-hmm. on things. Um, some of that royal stuff depends on how much of God's kingdom do you think is already and how much do you think is not yet. Right. And that that issue is going to s- divide a lot of Christians around specific issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see that as a, a very public presence um, and public issues in a lot of ways, which the priesthood side is as well. But when you get to the priesthood side about um, forgiveness and interceding and some of these like gritty things that I think we'd rather sanitize out of our lives or just pick the easy road. But um, I was, yeah, I was talking to someone the other day and just kind of in the midst of conflict with another Christian. I was like, you know what? Christians have all the same messy things between interpersonal, like between people that everyone else has. The difference is that we forgive each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's the difference. Right. And so the mess and the conflict and all of our, it shouldn't scare us. We just forgive and come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, but I think a lot of us, we don't want to step into those places. It's really hard. And I mean, I personally, there, there are pieces of my heart that I still really struggle to forgive particular people or situations or get over. And I harbor that. And so anyways, I think I'm not going to tell you listener where that leads you, but um, if you, if you stand in Christ as a new humanity, um, what would it look like to rule and reign as God intended humans to? And what would it look like to, to fulfill your priestly duties as God intended you to? And I don't know, there's a, <laughs> see where it leads you. Yeah. There's a, th- a thread to pull on at yeah. your own leisure. <laughs> Malaysia. Leisure. I'm a man of leisure. Um, Chris, you've had a long podcast day. I have a lo- had a long podcast. Is this your fourth? This pod? is my third, uh, third. Fourth, yeah, yeah. Fourth. I did two with Sean. Yeah. Yeah, and it's Friday for us. Mm-hmm. So You need some Mountain Dew. I need some Mountain Dew Badger Blast. <laughs> Ooh, what, what color is Badger Blast? Badger Blast. It's Oh, it's, Baja. Well, I mean, you could call it Baja. <laughs> <laughs> you did not know. Yeah, oh I, my I order goodness. it as Baja Blast. Well, I don't even know what you're saying. Well. I mean, I know Baja Blast. That's what's is that the blue one? Yeah. What's the orange one? Wasn't, wasn't I don't know, but Code Red's real good too. Code Red. Oh, yeah. dude. Code Red was like Ice Play Settlers at Settlers Mondays. Yeah. Every day after every week, my friends would go to my friend Ty's house. We'd make a huge Settlers board and we'd get Code Red or slushies from the 7 Eleven and play Settlers for like three or four hours. It's a party. Things you didn't know about me. Yeah. I did Call of Duty or uh, Halo okay. Lane parties. Okay, Chris. Yeah. It's enough. So after you, you still have to bring my own people have TV. already turned us off. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, super good stuff. I mean, anytime we're dealing with identity stuff, especially as it pertains to us in Christ, I think that is stuff that should perk all of our ears up. So thank you for bringing this, uh, this, this episode. And I'm excited to see where the next episodes take us. Yeah. We're going to get spicy. Ooh, I like the spice. I'm like a three out of five star kind of guy. All right. Well, (laughs) listeners, hopefully you guys were encouraged and enjoyed this. We will see you guys next time. Thanks, Chris. See you guys. 
Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.